Hello and welcome to the. Oh, excuse me. Hello, welcome to the Revelation Podcast. And my name is John, and I would like to thank you for listening today. Today's day, I believe, is August 6, 2020. And if you're reading through Psalms and Proverbs within a month, that means hopefully that today you'll be reading Proverbs chapter 6 and you'll be going through Psalms chapter 25 through 30. I mean, if you are going through Proverbs and Psalms, that's great. But if not, if you're reading with another plan, that is wonderful. And I think that's what we should do. No matter what people say about the word we should go to the word to confirm of what they said is accurate or not and that's my aim with this podcast i want to present the word of god for what it is and my aim is to get it right and i know that i am not always going to get it right so if you heard something that I said and it did sound right, then through either on this podcast page or through Facebook page, you leave a comment. You said something about this. I don't know if I agree or whatever. And believe me, I will read it and I will go back to the word and I will let the Holy Spirit confirm it for me. I mean, that's how we really confirm the word anyways, by through the Holy Spirit. Now, we are rolling through Jesus and Exodus. And I'm at part 9. And I will be looking at chapter 8. And in that chapter, there are three more plagues. Now, to begin part 9, I would like to go through 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. And tonight, I'm going to roll with ESV. You know, I kind of like ESV. I feel, and this is how I feel, and I could be wrong. But ESV to me is kind of like a bridge. It's a bridge between New King James to NIV you know it's a middle reading level you know with King James and New King James you have thou and thee and I like that and sometimes I want something just a little bit easier and if I want to pick up something just a little bit quicker or be able to explain something to someone that's been just born again I like to go with NIV. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Yet, it doesn't really matter what translation you use. Because I believe that still, the five basic principles of Christ are still in all the translations. And the five basic principles of Christ are what we read in... Hebrews chapter 6 and this is kind of like a little bonus and 
when I do this podcast, I go with the flow. I believe the Holy Spirit is leading me throughout the Word, and my Spirit is speaking through my body. The Holy Spirit and the Spirit, we are one. The Holy Spirit bears witness with my Spirit that I'm a child of God, and He will lead me according to His Word. And so, I actually got a hard Bible, a hard copy Bible near me, and. I just like having one nearby. I just like to feel it, like to flip through the chapters. And the hard copy Bible is a King James Version. But throughout tonight's lesson, I will be using mostly ESV, I believe. And if it's something different, I will let you know. Alright, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, leaving the principles... Of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation. And here are the five basic principles of Christ. Number one, of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Number two, of the doctrine of baptisms. Number three, laying on of hands number four um, the resurrection of the dead and number five the eternal judgment you know I believe that through all the translations that those principles are still the same you know I believe the Holy Spirit has a control of its word and at the end of the day when we read through the word we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us to His Word of Truth. And to begin at the Word of Truth tonight, and I think I already gave the opening text before I went into Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. This is the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And in chapters 1 through 3, Paul addresses the division that's going on in the church there. And so in these verses, he writes, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants or he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. God is not partial. You know, I think Calvin had a wrong view of God. When Calvin says that these people are chosen and these people are not, he makes God look like he is partial and he is not. Those that have been born again have been born by the same Spirit. That statement right there is backed up by 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 5 through 6. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. 
and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who powers them all in everyone. We are in the body of Jesus. He is the head. We that are born of the Spirit are the body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, it says, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, or Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. We've been baptized by one spirit. Even though there are many, we are still one body in Christ. And Christ is the head. I've already mentioned that the first three, the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians... Paul deals with division in the church. Some say they follow him. Some say they follow Apollo or Peter. Today, some people say they either follow Calvin, they either follow MacArthur or their Arminian. Well, all that is what a carnal Christian does. When people choose to follow other people, other than Christ, they are immature. Now, no matter how the increase of the body happens, it is all by the power of the Holy Spirit that it increases. And we see that in the first verse, the second verse that I read, with 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. Paul pointed out that he planted, and then he mentioned Apollo's water but God gave the growth it is only God who gives the growth without the power of the Holy Spirit no one can grow the body of Christ it's that simple God gives increases to all now Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 Jesus said, So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. The fact that God provides for all, regardless whether good or evil, is a good example that shows that he is not partial. Now, we should not rejoice when calamity falls on others because it can happen to us. In Exodus, we see the calamity that was falling on the Egyptians also fell on the Israelites for the same reason of their hearts being hardened towards God. God is the same God that does not show partiality. The plagues that fell on Egypt for their sin will also fall on the whole world for its sins against God. Egypt being judged for its sins by God is an example on how the world will be judged 
by him and his white throne judgment. During the plague of the flies, we see God divide the people in Egypt, and he still is not partial. We see that throughout the plagues that God has given Pharaoh many chances to let his people go. In Exodus chapter 8, verse 23, of what I was talking about where God divided the people, he says, Thus I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign shall happen. And the sign that God is talking about is about the flies. Now from verse 23, my people, they're the Israelites. Your people, the Pharaoh's people, they are the Egyptians. There will be a division of people in God's judgment. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 33, And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. The sheep are those that have their names in the book of life. The goats are those that do not have their names in the book of life. And in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, we see that at the end, those books... And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Then another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Now the books of what they had done is not the book of life. And we see there's a contrast. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 13 and 50. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So we see there's a division at the great white throne judgment. The sheep are written in the book of life. And the goats are written in the book according to the works. The Israelites that later disobeyed God were also judged in the same way that the Egyptians were. And you could see that throughout the book of Exodus you can also see that throughout the book of Numbers as well. Now, we should not rejoice when calamity falls on others, but we should guard our hearts to keep it soft with His Word. Now, we are going into chapter 8. And what I want you to know is in chapter 8 is when God, when God increases to all through His judgment. That's what we see. We see God's increase in all his judgment against the Egyptians. Verses 1 through 15 is about the plague of frogs. This plague went against the Egyptian god of fertility, Hecht. H-E-K-T. In verses 1 through 4, God gives Moses instructions for the next plague. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and say to him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, 
Behold, I will plague all your country with frogs, and now shall swarm of frogs that shall come upon into your house and into your bedroom, and on your bed, and into the houses of your servants, and your people, and into your ovens, and your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come upon on you, and on your people, and on all your servants. God tells Pharaoh to let his people go. He gives him another chance to avoid his judgment. He refuses to obey him, so he will strike him. Egypt will be filled with frogs on attack to their god, Hecht, in Egypt. Verses 5-6 through six. God through Aaron carries out his judgment. And in verse 7, the Egyptians enchant to increase more frogs and not to stop the plague. Verse 8, Pharaoh through Moses asked God to stop the plague. If God stops the plague, then he will let them go. His decision was emotional base. And I want you to know is that whenever Pharaoh repents to God, I want us to see that it's emotional based. B. When he made his decision, it was emotional based. He saw how his sin affected him and now how it affects his relationship with God. In verse 10, Moses tells him to keep his word and that he should know that there is one God. So this is Moses' opportunity to share the gospel with them when he tells them that he should know there is one God and that he and like everyone else are under his authority. But verses 11 through 15, God keeps his promise to Pharaoh. But Pharaoh saw he was relieved, so he hardened his heart. Instead of giving God the worship he deserves with obedience, Pharaoh treats him like a fire extinguisher that is used for his emergency only. Verses 16 and 19 of chapter 8 is about the plagues of lice. Again, verses 16 and 17. God gives Moses instruction and he follows it. With the plague of lice, the enchanters could not bring more lice. And in verse 19 is where they acknowledge that they could not match God's power. This is what they said in Nexus chapter 8 verses 18 through 19. The magicians tried by their secret arts to produce gnats, but they could not. So they're trying to add more gnats, like as if they were having competition with them. You would have think that, okay, we need to stop this and not produce more. So there were gnats on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. In other words, what they're saying is they're acknowledging God's power and they cannot match it. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Again, his heart was hardened like God said it would. And he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. But verses 20 through 32 is the plague of flies. And again, verses 20 through 23, God gives Moses instruction and they do it. 
You notice with the recent plagues that Moses does not doubt God in what he says he's going to do. And Moses is no longer looking for excuse of not doing it. He just listens to God and does it. And that's where we got to get to, you know. We got to move past being a baby and moving towards a mature adult that doesn't hesitate when God tells us to do something. We do it as an act of obedience. Now, verses 22 through 23, God separates the Egyptians from the Israelites. In verse 25, Pharaoh makes another emotional decision. Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron said, Go sacrifice your God within the land. But Moses said, It would not be right to do so, for the offerings we shall sacrifice to the Lord our God are an abomination to the Egyptians. If we sacrifice offerings abominable to the Egyptians before the eyes, will not they stone us? We must go three days' journeys into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he tells us. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go to sacrifice the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you must not go very far away. Plead for me. How about that? At the end of their conversation, Pharaoh tells Moses to plead plead for him before God. Now this was not genuine, as you'll see later on. Pharaoh is still making his decision emotionally based. And we see that. Not only does Pharaoh ask Moses to end the plague, but to plead God for him. Again, he promised to let God's people go. Verses 29-32 God ended the plague. However, Pharaoh did not keep his promise because again, he was relieved. His heart hardened. He did not see how his sin affected his relationship with God. He only saw how his sin affected him. And the so-called backsliding Christians, I think the big reason why they backslide so much is that whenever they're guilty of sin, and they see how sin affects them, they will seem to follow God until their guilt is gone and their sin is no longer a problem to them. And so they leave God and when they make a decision like that, it's fair to say that it's not really genuine yet. Or they're being misled by a false teacher. You know, when we follow Christ, we should follow Him through the Spirit. Our souls should be submitting to the Spirit. The Spirit communicates to us with our conscience in our heart. And the Spirit will go along with the Word of Truth. We need to know the Word so we know when we have the Word. The Word is written in our conscience. 
is not written on our thought, even though we read the words so that it could transform our mind to be according to the word. Now, our spirit is not going to grow without the word. Our soul needs to read the word so it could fill our thoughts and then we could get to the point where we're not just reading the word we're not just studying it we're not just memorizing but we are meditating on it in joshua chapter 1 verse 8 he says you know do not let the book of law depart from your mouth meditate on it day and night be careful and observe on what is written in it then you'll be prosperous and then you'll be successful now that's a great verse to meditate on because it shows that god does want us to be prosperous and he does want us to be successful now, prosperous doesn't mean that he's going to make you a multi-millionaire or a billionaire. That just means that he is going to continue to provide for you. That you're going to be full continually. That's what it means. And we should take the teaching that God gave Joshua. And that we should meditate on the word meditate on the word means that we are observing the word of god for what it is and we are looking for that so that we know how to properly apply it in our walk with the spirit you know a great way to meditate on the word is just picking of one verse or two verses and just laying on the bed and just you've already had it memorized but meditate up ponder on it listen to what god's trying to tell you and when you're doing that more and more you know you're transforming your mind and you have the word in your heart you have it in your conscience so we should not be like pharaoh that makes his decisions from his soul with his emotions but we should live our lives in the spirit we should follow our spirit and we should receive the word we should meditate on the word we should receive the word daily and the holy spirit will not fail you because it cannot fail with its word well i hope you enjoyed listening to part eight of jesus in exodus and i will be continuing onward for friday and we will go to jesus in exodus part nine and in part nine i believe 
we are going to go to chapter 10. Let me kind of pull that up to kind of verify. I don't have my outline out, so I'm kind of... Okay, yep. We're rolling through Exodus chapter 9. And in Exodus chapter 9, I believe there are three plagues. I see the plague on the cattle. The plague of boils. And the plague of hell. Hail, H-I-L. Yes, so Exodus chapter 9, we will take a look at three more plagues. I'm just going to go through the whole entire chapter, chapter 9. Then after chapter 9, we'll go to chapter 10, which will be next Monday. We'll take a look at the plague of locusts, and that will be followed by the plague of darkness. And then we are slowly getting to the climatic point. You know, I'm not sure how I'm going to go about to... I'm not sure yet on how to go to the climatic point. I think I'm just going to concentrate on chapter 9 and chapter 10. And then when I'm preparing towards the end of chapter 10... Then I believe the Spirit is going to show me the way on how He wants me to share the last plague, the death of the firstborn, and the Passover instituted. I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you're reading the words so you can see if what I said is correct or not. And that's more important then listen to me and that is getting confirmation from the word thank you for listening and you guys have a good day